wonderful humans. Welcome to another episode of A Braver Brand, the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kate K. McCarthy, and I'm so, so unbelievably, wildly, wonderfully glad that you are here. Before we get into today's episode, I have just a couple of housekeeping reminders for you. Um, One, this season is a little different than our others because, well, quite frankly, my life and my business and my everything are a little different than previous seasons. As we speak, I am on maternity leave, and so I have pre-recorded six amazing new bi-weekly episodes. Today is episode two of six to share with y'all while I'm away. And so I wanted to make sure that you are subscribed on your favorite podcasting platform just to make sure that you get your hands on them as soon as they are released. And if you're feeling a little extra generous, hop on over to Apple Podcasts to leave a rating and review. It would mean the world. Um, Honestly, I'm so excited about these episodes. My guests, as you heard a couple of weeks ago with the phenomenal Tiffany Hahn, they're incredible this season. And I'm so grateful to have had the chance to share these conversations with you. To be honest, like this is, I think, my most intentional season. And I think it's because it was such a season of transition and preparation and getting ready for my maternity leave. But these episodes are amazing. These conversations are life-changing. And so I want to make sure that you are subscribed so you don't miss a single one. Two, if you are looking for a little support while I'm out of the office, you can still get your hands on my DIY guide, your big meaningful workbook, which has been specially designed using my years in this creative work, guiding and supporting wholehearted entrepreneurs and creatives like you. It's been designed to walk you step-by-step through the process of clarifying and preparing and executing on your next creative project or service through a powerful and may I say utterly magical combination of deep clarity and intentional self-care and brave focused action. As always, because you know me, I've left all the links in the show notes, but you can also find um, the Your Big Meaningful Workbook at katekmccarthy.com slash workbook. Pretty simple, right? All right, so on to today's show. I'm so excited for it. So with today's episode, um, and actually for all of this season's episodes, my intention is to start a conversation. For this not to be like a one and done series, but for it to be a place that opens up um, this space to deeper conversation, to more communication, to an acknowledgement and an opening of our human experience as creatives, as makers, as small business owners, and more. So when themes come up over and over again with clients and good friends, with family members, and in those like overheard conversations, and how like even in my own life, I know that they're the things to pay attention to. And so this week, I wanted this episode to dive deep into one of those massive themes, befriending your inner critic. If I'm honest, I wanted to call this episode, my inner critic is an asshole, (laughs) but I decided that it was like beside the point. Um, And actually, as you'll learn, I don't actually believe that my inner critic is an asshole, but um. But the truth is like when I first decided to spend our first solo episode of the season with an episode all about the inner critic, 
all about what it is like to cultivate a relationship with it, which as an aside is the best way that I know how to get the sting out of it, to take its power and its insistent away from it bit by bit. When I decided to spend an entire episode on it, my inner critic got really loud, um, got really loud. And so all of a sudden I found myself thinking like, well, damn, like now I have to actually practice what I preach and befriend this voice as I prepare for this episode. The truth is that my inner critic, um, my relationship with my inner critic has been off and on. There have been seasons where I've put on my armor and I've like gone to battle with it, trying to push through and yell back in the direction of the voice like, you're wrong, F you. And then there have been seasons where I like just tried to ignore it. Um, I've like energetically put my fingers in my ears like, no, 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 I can't hear you. But the truth is that y'all, I totally could. And then there have been seasons where I've chosen to dance with it, to get curious about why and how it's showing up and to learn from it, all about my subconscious beliefs, about my conditioning, about the thoughts and little beliefs that continue to hold me back and keep me safe and sound. And it's in those seasons, that last set of seasons, the ones where I can dance with it and learn from it, the ones where I can thank it for what it's trying to do and still move forward in the direction of my dreams and intuition that I've found that I'm actually able to move through it, um, to take the teeth out of it, to forgive myself a little bit, and then forgive the ways that the inner critic has become a part of my life. Because you see, as opposed to what I said before, I don't actually think that my inner critic is an asshole. I don't actually think that it's out to get me. I don't think that we are at war. I think that like fear, our inner critic is a protective measure. It is one that we can learn from and befriend, but one who should never, ever, ever be given top billing. So as I prepared for the episode today, um, I reached out to people in my circle um, and I kind of dove deep into my own past and what it's been like to work with former and current clients all about the inner critic and um, to figure out like what are some of the ways when the inner critic shows up for us. If there are things on this list um, that resonate with you, let me know. If there are things that don't make this list, please let me know. I would love to like mentally add them. Um, you can reach out on email or Instagram, whatever way is easier for you. But here are some of the ways and the times when the inner critic shows up for so many of us. When we're doing something new, when we are stretching at the boundaries of our comfort zone, when we are pushing up against something that our conditioning said that we should or shouldn't do. This one's a big one for me. When we are about to do something vulnerable, when we are about to show up bigger than we ever have, when we're tiptoeing closer and closer to the work that we are meant to be doing. The inner critic in those moments whispers and rages and yells and says all of those words that cut right to the heart, right? They're the ones that hurt us the most, that try to convince us to go back to the safe and comfortable path, to choose what is known instead of what is new and uncertain and uncomfortable. And sometimes that inner critic in those moments and others, um, sometimes the inner critic sounds like the voice of someone from our past. It could be a family member or a teacher, someone who usually has been in a place of trust and whose powerful voice continues to keep us smaller. For me, my inner critic in the past has sounded like this combination of a family member and a former employer of mine whispering and sometimes shouting that my foray into the creative field, um, because once upon a time I was doing something other than creative work, was a waste of who I could have been. Um, And then sometimes 
Sometimes it sounds like the voice of someone from our past, and sometimes the inner critic sounds a hell of a lot like our intuition, right? It can be really hard for us to tell the difference between that voice of smallness and our gut telling us that something is not right for us. So in this episode, because sometimes peeling, unpeeling those levels and those layers um, can be difficult, I wanted to share in this episode a few potent and powerful steps for building a relationship with your inner critic. Um, for helping you to get into step as you dance with that voice, right? Discharging some of its power and moving forward with more clarity and assurance, making sure that that voice doesn't get top billing in your life. Because so, so often, both big and small ways, we let the inner critic run the show and our dreams and our goals and our intentions are made smaller or avoided altogether. So, I wanted to share some of the steps that I use in my work and some of the ways that whether it's explicit or not, I help my clients work through this as well. Um, Because uh, when our inner critic gets that top billing, it takes all of those goals and dreams and makes them smaller, keeps them safer, and kind of strips them of their power. So um, I don't want that to happen to you. So without further ado, uh, first up, the pause. So in my experience, both as a mentor for wholehearted entrepreneurs and creatives and as a human, <laughs> the first thing that your inner critic wants you to do is to react. It wants you to push back, to speed up or change course or curl back inwards safe and sound. And I don't know about you, but there have been relationships in my life where the communication pattern looks exactly like this, right? So maybe for you, it's a sister or a parent or a kid with a friend from high school. They say something hoping to get a rise out of you. It's most likely not malicious, but it's them begging for a reaction, for the attention, for you to meet them in the conflict. That is what your inner critic wants, to get a reaction from you, for you to screech to a halt or speed up or get back on the straight and narrow path and hop and hop back into that box, Right? And the way that we combat that is not to go faster or fight harder or get louder, but instead to do the opposite, to pause, to get quiet, to breathe, and to look the critic square in the eye. It is not easy, the pause. There's a reason that so many of us avoid it, because meeting the inner critic can be deeply painful. Um, and the most natural, the most human response is honestly to react, to respond, to flinch, pull away. But the pause is what takes the bite out of the inner critic first. So for you, your pause might look like slowing down your breath, like what they call box breathing, um, breathing in for four counts, holding for four counts, breathing out for four counts, holding for four counts. It might, on the other hand, look like five to 10 minutes of meditation, or like a shower or a walk around the block, coming back to yourself with a rhythm of your feet on the pavement. But no matter what, the pause is where the power lies. Secondly, our second step is to get curious. So now that we're breathing or walking or pausing together, it is time to put on our investigative hats. What is that voice, right? Where have we heard that voice before? Do we recognize it as a family member or a teacher or an employer? Where have we been conditioned there, right? What is it trying to keep us safe from? What can we learn from it? What parts of our conditioning or past can we unpeel and unpack and release by simply getting curious? 
This part is wildly powerful, not just in the moment, but for the future. It helps us to begin recognizing the inner critic at its first whisper, to know that it's not truth, but a message that's designed to keep us safe and small. To get curious is to be able to know ourselves on a deeper level, and it makes us better small business owners, creatives, parents, partners, friends, humans. I like to put this part on paper um, because keeping the voice and um, my subsequent curious wonderings, that's what we'll call it, um, keeping that all in my head can create a really chaotic inner conversation. And so pulling it out and putting it on paper allows me to see the clarity or at least pull out all the parts of in whoa pull all the parts out of my head until i can make sense of them so third that's step 2 thirdly the next step is to reach out your inner critic's power relies on your willingness to keep it between you and them for you to swirl and twirl and get lost in that internal dialogue for you to fight or to flail, or to try and make sense of it all by your lonesome. This is where we do the opposite again, okay? So we reach out to a therapist, or a mentor, or a coach, or a partner, or a friend. Not necessarily to get answers, but simply to be steeped in connection as we wade through what is true and what is just plain false. To have a hand to hold, even if it's only through the internet. To have someone who loves you, who knows you, who sees you, and who supports you in your bigness and radiance. Someone who's able to speak truth into that space. Um, And so if I'm being honest, if we're going through the steps, uh, this is the part that's the the hardest for me. Um, For years and years and years, honestly, my inner critic took solace knowing that it would always just be the two of us wrestling and working this stuff out alone. And the idea of reaching out, of simply having someone who could provide a different perspective or be a witness or be a support in the midst of my struggle, it felt really foreign to me. I was really used to doing this on my own, of staying quiet and silent and suffering just by myself. And even now, almost into a decade of being with my partner, who, by the way, is everything my inner critic isn't, as in deeply supportive, um, entirely on board for risk-taking and discomfort and bravery and me shining as brightly as I can shine. Even now, I still find myself telling him, you know, babe, I'll just figure this out. Fortunately, he is not one to take that for an answer, but it's a sign of how hard this part can be. It takes deep trust and true vulnerability and a willingness to face the inner critic out loud to be able to reach out. But it's a step that if we're seeking true healing, if we want to be able to actually move forward without dragging the baggage of our inner critic kicking and screaming with us, we just can't skip. You, um, as you're sitting there, you might have a few people to reach out to. You might have one or you might be in need of that human. In that case, may I offer myself? I'm going to be back soon, and this is just one of the pieces of the creative journey that I take the most joy in guiding my favorite humans through. But no matter what, whether you have a few people or none or you're searching for that person, it is a step that you just can't skip. Fourthly, it's time to thank your inner critic and still take the step. So once you've taken the time to get quiet, to get curious, to give voice, and finally find someone Um, support with someone who you trust, right? And who sees you for the utterly magical human being that you are. This is where we step forward. We thank our inner critic 
this is sometimes pretty hard, we thank our inner critic for all that it is trying to do, to keep us safe or small or on the straight and narrow. And then we, maybe squeezing the hand of that support person, maybe sending them a text message or an email, we take one brave step forward at a time. We begin to make the thing or say the thing or sell the thing or quit the thing. The truth is, is the voice of your inner critic will continue to pop up. After all, it is designed to keep you safe. And every time you take a courageous step forward or out, it will try to keep you from jumping off that cliff. Whether it's the first step or the 400th step, with each and every courageous step forward and out, that inner critic's job is simply to keep you safe and it will try to keep you um, smaller, right? But having a friendly relationship, one where you can say, I see you, inner critic, I know you. Thank you for having what you think is my best interest at heart. But honestly, you don't get to make the decisions here. Having that friendly relationship means that you are no longer fighting or hiding or running away from that voice. You can instead move forward and do your big, brave, meaningful work with a deeper sense of self, more support, and greater assurance, knowing that that voice is going to continue to pop up and you're still going to be able to manage it, to maintain it, and move forward. So to review, step one is to pause. Step two, to get curious. Step three, to reach out. And step four, to thank your inner critic and still take the step. Knowing those four steps, I would love to hear what resonated with you in this episode, which step feels the most challenging for you, where you're currently working on befriending your inner critic. I know for me right now, I'm kind of like in the middle of step two and step three with a lot of things, getting really curious and then reaching out to my support system for a witness, for support, for a hand to hold. Where are you? Reach out on Instagram, find me in my email. Um, we will be back in a couple of weeks with our next new episode, but until then, I'm so grateful that you're here. Don't forget to subscribe, um, on your favorite podcasting app to leave a rating and review. And most importantly, to reach out if you need anything, I am cheering you on always. Thank you so much for listening to a braver brand to find more resources, show notes, and exclusives head to www.katekmccarthy.com. If you loved this episode, make sure that you subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And while you're at it, leave a rating and review. Our work relies on listeners like you, and we're grateful each and every time you spread the word. Whether this is your first episode or you've listened to us since day one, you know that I am all about Instagram. Come find me at Kate K. McCarthy and then reach out and say hi. I adore you already. Thank you to everyone who makes this podcast possible. A Braver Brand is produced by me and my slam bang behind the scenes team. Catch you next time.